Welcome to CCAP Across the Maps podcast, What the Health, where we cover a variety of health topics in the form of personal stories and educational episodes. I'm Michael McPhee, and I'll be one of your hosts. I'm Erin Bossman, and I'll be your other host. Throughout this season, we've been discussing different aspects of cervical cancer, from personal experiences to different methods of screenings, and the work that CCAP Across the Map is doing to save the cervix. Today, we will be talking about one of the most effective ways to prevent cervical cancer and other related forms of cancer, which is the HPV vaccine. Well, welcome to all our listeners, people that have been with us from the beginning and people who are just joining us now. So Erin, just to begin our conversation, I wanted to ask specifically about the HPV vaccine. What is the background of this and why is it so important when we talk about preventing cervical cancer? It's really important to know that virtually all cases of cervical cancer are caused by HPV. HPV stands for human papillomavirus. Um, So it's also responsible for the majority of cases of different types of cancer, like cervical, of course, um, vulvar, vaginal, anal, penile, and oropharyngeal cancers. So HPV is the most common sexually transmitted infection in the United States, and almost all sexually active individuals will get HPV. So when we're talking about cancer prevention, we have to address the role of HPV. um, And the HPV vaccine has been shown to be an extremely safe and effective way to curb the effects of HPV and to prevent its development into cervical and other forms of cancer. Right. So that's always interesting to me. Like when we do talk about cervical cancer or other related cancers, how prominent HPV is in that process, like 99% of cervical cancer cases are caused by HPV in some form, as well as this entire cluster of cancers. And if I'm remembering right, the first HPV vaccine was introduced in the US in 2006 and around the same time in many countries. But we know that it's been a very safe and effective vaccine because ever since its introduction, we've seen a substantial decrease in HPV cases that lead to cervical cancer, other forms of cancer, and even other STIs like genital warts. On a big picture, like from your perspective, how effective has the vaccine been in preventing HPV itself? So it's really interesting. Um, Like you said, it was introduced in the U.S. in 2006, but there hasn't been like a federal guideline that all the states have decided to follow. So when it comes to health policy, um, certain states are much more effective at actually getting their patients to get the HPV vaccine than others. Um, So there's a lot of research being done to determine um, what policies are most effective. But as far as the vaccine itself goes, it's very, very effective. Um, It has the potential to prevent about 90% of HPV-attributed cancers. Um, There's been an 88% decrease in the rate of HPV infections among teen girls and 81% decrease in adult women since 2006 when the vaccine was first approved. Um, So this isn't just like a sample size limited to the United States, though. The World Health Organization found that several different forms of the vaccine used around the globe are similarly safe and effective with high rates of HPV prevention across multiple continents. Hundreds of millions of doses have been given in over 130 countries. 
that's just a massive impact, especially when you think that, you know, HPV is the number one contributor. You know, we always talk about um, getting regular screenings. We talk about how to be safe and prevent different forms of cancer, but this seems like a way to address it at, at its absolute root. And to, to know that we're seeing that impact across the globe is, is massive. Absolutely. Especially when we're looking at how this can be coupled with other general cancer prevention behaviors, like uh, avoiding cigarette smoking and things like that. Right. Definitely. I mean, they're one and the same, really. Like any, if there's any preventive tool that we have, we want to utilize it as best we can. I know with, with HPV, one of the most impressive cases I've seen comes from Australia. I believe they introduced the HPV vaccine in 2007, and they were the first country in the world to have a nationwide HPV vaccine. Like you mentioned, that's something that we've never had in the United States, but they implemented that back in 07. And since then, over 90% of eligible populations have received their vaccinations. And honestly, the results are stunning. Like HPV infections are now considered rare. And Australia is actually on track to eradicate cervical cancer within the next 20 years. I mean, that's that's just phenomenal progress in a short amount of time. Absolutely. And I'd be interested to see further studies come out that look at other types of cancer prevention, like we discussed um previously how uh, HPV is responsible for a lot of other types of like penile cancer, anal cancer, vulvar cancer, things like that. So it'd be really interesting to see um, long-term the decrease in those cases as well. Yeah, I, I think there's so much room for research and, and learning. And because this is relatively new, you know, we talk about some other prevention methods that have been well-studied and have been in in effect for many, many years. This this is still relatively new, but it's having a quick impact. Like we, we talked about getting regular screenings for cervical cancer, like, like the pap smear or VIA. And I'm wondering if people think that if you do get the HPV vaccine, if that's just the end all be all, like you, okay, you're, you're clear, you're prevented, but should you do both? Both the vaccine and screenings are extremely important for protection against cervical cancer. So while the vaccine is extremely effective, you always want the most protection possible. Um, so 90% prevention is really impressive, but it's not 100% prevention. Uh, in addition, Gardasil 9, the vaccine used in the U.S. and many other countries, targets the nine strains of HPV that are most closely associated with cancer. There are still other strains though. There's over a hundred strains of HPV that have been detected. Getting regular screenings allow you to have a regular check on your health as well. So pap smears, VIA, HPV self-sampling, they're all effective methods of screening and prevention, but it's important to have regular screenings with your doctor to increase the odds of catching signs of cancer and precancerous abnormalities early. Plus there are other forms of cancer that are not necessarily caused by HPV. Uh, a lot of times when you go in for those screenings like pap smears is when you're also scheduling mammograms. It's when they're also um, checking on the uterus and ovaries and things like that, just to make sure that you're overall healthy because there are other issues um, like uterine cancer and ovarian cancer and even endometriosis. 
So ultimately using all the tools that you have available is the best option for keeping you safe and healthy. That's such a good point because it is just about total health and wellness. I mean, this is extremely effective. Like the vaccine is extremely effective at preventing HPV and the HPV related cancers, but you're absolutely right. Like this, this is all about your overall health and wellness. You, you never know what you'll find by getting your regular screenings recommended by, by your physicians, by medical providers. That's the best way to ensure that if there is a problem, it's caught early. And again, that we're using all the preventative tools that we have. So going, going back to that recommendation, I mean, we've, we've talked big picture, but when should someone get their HPV vaccine? So the guidelines have changed a little bit. Um, so all people ages nine to 45 are eligible to get the HPV vaccine. It is recommended that children get it as specifically at the ages of 11 or 12 so that they are fully protected early on and especially before they become sexually active. But if you want to go ahead and break down the guidelines on when and how you get the vaccine, um, I know it is different for different ages. What are the different ages like and and how many doses? Is this a one-time event or... So the HPV vaccine is actually given in a series. When people get it ages 9 to 14, whether male, female, or otherwise, um, they do get the first dose. And then six months later, they get a second dose. Um, And then they are fully vaccinated against HPV and won't have to have any boosters or anything else like that later on. However, when they start getting it at age 15, all the way up to age 45, it's given in three separate shots. So you get your first shot and then two months later, you get another shot. And then four months later, you get the third shot. So in total, it takes about six months to get all three doses. Right. And is, is there a difference between like, you know, say someone just gets the first dose is, are, are they off the hook or is it really important to finish this series? It's important to finish the series. There have been some studies that show the first dose is adequate at protecting against a few strains of HPV, but in order for someone to be completely protected, they need to have both doses or all three, depending on their case. Right. And I know one of the big misperceptions about the HPV vaccine is that it's primarily recommended for young or adolescent girls, but that's not the case, right? I mean, this is, there's many people that are eligible and would benefit from this. Everyone is able to benefit from getting the HPV vaccine. Of course, it is important to speak with your provider about like your particular uh, circumstance, but I've known several people to get the HPV vaccine at many different stages of life. Originally, they did recommend it for girls because they linked it just to being cervical cancer, but it's linked to several other things now. So it's important that everyone get it. Um, There are actually even current studies out that show it being somewhat effective in preventing different types of skin cancer. So really it's a benefit to absolutely everyone. Right. And I mean, that whole list of forms of cancer that we talked about, or even like genital warts, penile cancer, anal cancer, vulvar cancer. I mean, there's, there's so many different forms that people even just beyond individuals with, with a cervix can benefit from this, not to mention the fact 
that HPV is the most common sexually transmitted infection and very easily spreadable. So, you know, the more we prevent this, like this is, again, one of those large health issues that there's just a whole laundry list of, of benefits that, that we see from this. And if you consider like, it is a virus, um, human papillomavirus, think of how much work your body is putting into fighting that virus that it isn't putting into other things, especially when you're thinking about adolescents and young adults, like your body is really trying to develop several things and you don't want it to be fighting a virus in the process. Right. Yeah. That's, that's an excellent point. Um, going back to a larger scale, like how, what do you see as like the global impact of the HPV vaccine? Has this been a game changer? Is this, is this a baby step? Like, like how, how do you see its impact? Cervical cancer is the number four killer of people with cervixes in the world. Cervical cancer is not killing that many people here in the U S but here in the U.S., we have access to a lot of different screening measures, um, OBGYN specialists, things like that. Um, people can get their pap smears and pelvic screenings and things like that. But there are other places where they don't have as much access. So there are places where cervical cancer is killing people at record rates. And in order to really have comprehensive care for absolutely everyone with cervixes, we need to be doing better at screening. We need to be doing better at the education and we need to be doing better at getting people vaccinated. We can all look to Australia as a model um, where they are using not only they have a system-wide vaccination mandate, but they also are using self-sampling annually for screenings for all eligible uh, people. And we can all look to them kind of as a model for how to prioritize the health of your citizens and how to really effectively get all of your citizens taken care of. That's such a good point because yeah, they, they the Australian case, that's a place where they've used public policy with the with the national vaccination program that's a that's a place where they've utilized all the methods of screening like you mentioned but then also they have 90% vaccination rate across the entire country so there's a public willingness to take those steps towards prevention i think that's something that countries that have those resources it's very important for public buy in to to take those steps for your health and for the health of others. And like you said, these are also incredibly important tools to, to make sure that places where there is larger health disparities and they don't have these same resources, it's important that this is a global issue. Like you said, this is uh, cervical cancer is the, is the number four deadliest cancer for people with cervixes globally. Absolutely a global issue. So it's interesting to see the tools we have, but also the barriers that we still have to face. And there's like here in the U.S., um, if you look at like Rhode Island and Hawaii, for example, they have roughly 80 percent of their eligible population vaccinated against HPV based on the policies that they have in place. But there are other states that don't even come close to having that many people vaccinated. Kentucky, for example, is in the top half and we're only at about 50% vaccinated. And when you look at the fact that it is 
here, people can get it, you know, at pharmacies, people can get it at their pediatrician, people can get it at the OBGYN, people can get it with their primary care doctor. I think there's just a lack of education all the way around and just a lack of uh, comprehensive policy addressing HPV as a public health issue. We've seen what an impact this this can make when when you do educate people like who I mean I think everyone has been touched by the tragedy of cancer whether it's yourself or or a loved one or someone someone you know and if that was preventable of course you would take those steps and so it's, it's very sad to see where we do have those resources but there are some lower rates I, I think the national average for the U.S. is in is in the fifty percent range. And some states have as low as 30%, 70% of their population that are missing out on this extremely effective tool. So absolutely, education is completely key. And it's something that we can do for ourselves, our own health and well-being, but also, you know, to save many people from something that now is largely preventable. Absolutely. And I would recommend all listeners talk to their doctor and do research on the vaccine. Make sure you're comfortable. Um, You don't want to just, you know, you wouldn't just put something into your body because someone told you to do it. So definitely talk with your doctor, do the research, understand like how beneficial this vaccine really is um, and make that decision for yourself. You want to be your own advocate and you want to be well-informed about the medicine that you're getting and the treatment that you're getting. So absolutely talk with your provider and do your own research and make sure to speak up for yourself, Um, especially if you are over the age of 18, where you are making those medical decisions on your own. Um, And definitely talk with your doctor about the uh, HPV vaccine and whether or not that's something you would benefit from. And if you don't remember, make sure to find out if you did get it as a child, whether that be from your parents or your pediatrician or your school vaccination record may even have that. So just important to make sure that you're taking every step you can to protect yourself, but that you're staying well-informed as you do it. That's such good advice because really it's never too late if you haven't had it and the results speak for themselves. I mean, this is a safe and effective vaccine. There's been hundreds of millions of, of doses given out and the rate of HPV since its introduction has dropped so dramatically that, I mean, why, why wouldn't you want to benefit from that? Absolutely. Stay safe, vaccinate. Make sure you stay tuned for our next episode and give us a follow on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, really anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also learn more about CCAP Across the Map by following us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok at CCAP Across the Map. You can additionally stay up to date with us on our YouTube channel and through our website, ccapglobal.org. Thanks for listening to What the Health, and we'll catch you next time.